This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Kirsten Longbottom, and we are joined by EPFR's resident economist, Cameron Brandt. We'll walk you through what our teams were monitoring last week in the data EPFR tracks, as well as what we'll look for in the upcoming weeks. Cam, good morning. Good morning. How has the week back been for you? Um, It's been uh, great for growing mushrooms. We've had uh, almost continuous rain uh, interspersed with clouds. So I've had no trouble keeping my head down as I try and catch up. Well, great. So I know we didn't speak last week, so we'll kind of go through that as well. There seems to be a couple of themes running through the market in the past couple of weeks, but the third quarter earnings results and inflation seem to be the top two. No, I would certainly concur with that. Um, you know, we have seen very strong flows for the past two weeks into the equity funds we attract, uh, especially U.S. equity funds. Uh, and at the same time, um, substantial sums of money going to asset classes that uh, you associate with investors seeking some kind of uh, protection against rising prices, uh, such as uh, inflation-protected bond funds and uh, bank loan funds. Speaking of inflation, what's the story with gold and silver? Well, they uh, they seem to have lost, uh, at least for the moment, uh, their um, sort of classical status as go-to inflation hedges. Uh, and we've really been seeing the cryptocurrency funds sort of take up that slack. In fact, uh, the, the ones we track uh, set another weekly inflow record uh, during during the past seven days. Um, you know, I- interestingly, n- not only are they not uh, getting uh, support through their uh, uh, inflation protection function, their historic function. Uh, but they're also not getting any support uh, from their industrial demand side, which, you know, especially for silver funds, uh, is an important component uh, of demand, uh, which I think is another indication that investors are somewhat wary of the uh, at least short-term outlook for global growth. Interesting. Well, in the emerging market space, we are seeing investors shift from less of a diversified approach to more country-specific. What are some countries that are standing out there? Certainly countries that uh, offer you know, an energy story that have, have reserves of exportable fossil fuels. Um, so funds dedicated to Saudi Arabia and Russia have done well uh, in recent weeks. Reflecting another uh, choke point for the global economy, semiconductors, um, markets, which uh, have that as part of their economic story, uh, have been attracting fresh money. So uh, uh, Taiwan and and Korea, funds dedicated to those two markets, uh, have been doing well recently. Great. Let's talk a little bit more about Korea, a country that has seen significant inflows in in recent weeks. 
Um, are investors buying into that semiconductor story? Uh, I think so, because there's a lot about uh, Korea's overall macroeconomic story that that, that really isn't that exciting. Uh, growth is slowing. Uh, its its consumer base is carrying pretty high levels of debt, and uh, inflation is. Um, reaching levels where the central bank is expected to start raising interest rates. But on the other hand, uh, it has a a semiconductor story and a a still strong export story that because it's uh, pursuing a somewhat less uh, draconian COVID containment policy than China, uh, is less vulnerable to sort of abrupt uh, stops and starts. so um, I think for those reasons, um, it's uh, giving uh, investors a, a relatively attractive alternative to uh, as they as they look to kind of rationalize their their, their exposure to China, given all the uncertainties. And what about Europe? We saw UK, Germany, France, and Spain equity funds post outflows this week. Is there a country that's doing well there? Well, is something of a relative term. Uh, uh, sentiment overall has actually picked up, uh, helped by the fact that uh, the the uh, European Central Bank has made it clear. They're going to do everything they can not to repeat previous mistakes when they started tightening too early. So, um, you know, there's been a broad penciling in of accommodative monetary policy persisting well into next year, if not into 2023. Uh, But, you know, the country level, it's not hard to find things not to like. Um, However, focusing on the positive, which is how you framed your question, um, we have seen Italy equity funds do quite well for a while. Um, you know, people have called it the Draghi effect after uh, current Prime Minister Mario Draghi, the former uh, ECB chief. Um, but uh, it, today, at least in recent weeks, it has more to do with uh, Draghi actually delivering on what was assumed of him, which is some effort to reform uh, Italy's sclerotic bureaucracy uh, and sort of web of regulations governing uh, business in that country. Um, so that and Switzerland continues to to see uh, Swiss equity funds continue to see inflows uh, more often than not. So those two, uh, certainly in recent weeks, have been the, the positive standouts. Great. Well, moving on to sector funds, um, in the third week of October, we had outstanding results with all but one posting inflows. Um, but this past week, flows seem to moderate. Um, the spotlight remains on technology sector funds, and this week, healthcare or biotech. Can you expand on what we're seeing for sector funds? When you're going into an earnings season, uh, ideally, you want to sort of <clears throat> get your money down uh, before the good things you are hoping will happen do happen so that you can profit from them. <clears throat> money that's, that went into financial sector funds in anticipation of better than expected earnings have gotten a significant share of those better than expected earnings. So um, there is not 
too much point to sort of chase uh, that particular story. Um, technology has been quite a, has been an interesting and complicated story. Um, you know, from the U, the perspective of U.S. technology majors, uh, it hasn't been a particularly good couple of weeks. Um, you know, Facebook's uh, travails in the court of public opinion and what was sort of has been um, revealed in their their sort of earnings. Um, has sort of kept the the uh, the sector under pressure, and there were a number of other major companies that uh, produced less rosy numbers than expected, thanks to sort of Apple's higher 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 thresholds uh, for advertising. Um, uh, at the same time, China, who's, who's you know, whose whose technology sector has has been visibly uh, under the regulatory cosh for some time now, uh, is is attracting uh, investor interest again. And and uh, during the most recent week, uh, dedicated China technology sector funds uh, took in. Um, more than four times the amount of money seen by U.S. tech sector funds. So there's been sort of a quiet rotation, I think, away from uh, under uh, overvalued or perhaps overvalued U.S. Uh, the U.S. technology sector towards uh, perhaps now undervalued uh, Chinese tech sector. Well, very interesting, and I think we'll wrap it up there. Good. Thanks, Kirsten. Thank you, Cam. We'll resume battle next week. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com slash podcast.